It's Patriot League tournament time. That means we're going to kick off the Colgate Raider Report podcast with Colgate men's basketball and head coach Matt Langle. The Raiders on a major hot streak to end the season, capturing their first regular season crown since 1996. Coach, what do you think the driving force was behind the eight straight victories? For the group to try to be the best it could every every single day out there, uh, I don't think that at any point in time, at least not from my perspective, that we say, hey, we've got a long winning streak going or we need to win every game if we're going to have a chance to do this, that, or the third. I think it was just, hey, look, we've we've got a huge game in front of us, whether it's a home game or a road game, and, and we need to play well. Obviously, you know, we had that stretch without Jordan Burns and then working him back into the lineup, not 100%. We were all trying to continue to grow as a team and, and figure out the, the best way for us to play our best on, on that given day. And you know, I just think that the group, the leadership from the, the veterans kind of was just, hey, let's stay in this moment at this time and take care of this opportunity. And, you know, one thing led to a next. And now you look back on it and you say, wow, what a great run that was to finish the season. What does this regular season title mean to this program, Coach? You know, you don't take a lot of time to reflect at this point in the season, but from Saturday afternoon till Thursday is a long stretch. So you do think about a little bit as you're getting messaging from former players and alumni and and former staff and all, all of those people that have been so important to the process. And, and for me, when we got here in 2011, I, I wanted to try and help build a program that would compete for championships. And that doesn't mean you're always going to win or really ever going to win, but you're going to be in the hunt. Securing first place and, and having home seed in the Patriot League playoffs is, is just that, that we've you know built a program with hard work from a lot of talented student athletes to be in position to do that. So that is certainly rewarding. And uh, now we've got a great opportunity in front of us and, and when we need to do our best to take advantage of it. In the beginning, Coach, when there weren't immediate results, was it tough to stay the course? Was it tough to stay focused on the task at hand and knowing maybe you're not going to get all the wins in the world right away, but if you continue to believe in your mission to have sustained success that you guys would get there, you just have to be patient. How challenging was it to stay the course? We talk about it every off season of how we're going to improve our program and how we're going to be better this next year than we were last year. Certainly part of that is looking back over the big picture. And yeah, there were times, I mean, I, I remember uh, in the first couple of years when uh, Mark Lineball was on the coach at Rice and was a great former player here at Colgate, was part of our staff. And, you know, we were sitting in the office and saying, well, maybe we should try and do this differently or do that differently because, you know, maybe we're not ready to take this next step. And I remember him saying he had, had been part of rebuilding his high school program as the head coach. And he said, hey, we're, we're doing it the right way. You know, we decided that that's the way we were going to do it. And we just got to stick to our guns. And, you know, I think that's all we've known is, uh, you know, you've, you've got to do what you believe in and, you know, never compromise who you are as a as an individual coach or as a program. And always value the things that, that are most important to you and, and put those, you know, ahead in your priorities and that's what we've done in every step of the way in every aspect of our program and you know certainly it looks great right now you captured the regular season crown thanks to a win against a very good lafayette team had to battle back in the second half how did the raiders get it done in eastern pennsylvania just been able to find a way to get it done the losses that we've had the setbacks that we've had the adversity we face it hasn't ever been for a long stretch that the group you know has been able to get itself together through 
you know, different leaders in the team and different individual performances and big plays and big shots and, you know, find a way to get it done. And, and the Lafayette was really the same way. We certainly didn't play our best, and there was a lot of, if it wasn't conscious pressure, it was a big game, and our, our guys, I'm sure, had that on their mind. But, you know, Francisco made a couple big plays. Dana and Malcolm were huge. Jack had a good shooting performance off the bench, and just the group as a whole found a way to get it done. And, you know, really proud of them for their diligence and determination in making it happen. Congratulations on being named Patriot League Men's Basketball Coach of the Year. Back-to-back awards for you. Does this one feel different than last year's? The Coach of the Year is just recognition by your peers of the job that your program has done. And so it's not really me. I didn't coach that much different this year than I did last year or even the year before. But it just means that the hard work and success of the staff and the administration and the medical staff and you know just everybody is part of our program most importantly the players and you know have the hard work is has paid off and that that gets recognized in in that type of award so yeah it's meaningful for me as the you know head coach of the program that's being acknowledged as having had such a successful season by the other coaches in the league one thing that i didn't mention yet coach throughout the course of the season you recently surpassed the legendary jack bruin in career wins at colgate jack meant so much to this colgate basketball program and tragically passed away as everyone knows uh, what have you come to learn about jack since arriving on the colgate campus i'm glad you brought that up eric you know i i never got to meet coach bruin but in being here these past eight seasons I, i've kind of gotten to know the life and personality that was coach bruin and how many people he touched and how many lives he changed there's so many former players um, that you know, when they think of Colgate basketball, that's the most important thing to them is their relationship with Coach Brown. I have gotten to know uh, his son, who's doing great, and his wife, who continues to come back once or twice a year to visit with her friends in Hamilton. But it just speaks to, you know, the significance that a coach can have, not just on wins and losses or, you know, championships or, or those kind of things, but by being a contributing member of the community like Jack was and uh, a good family man and you know, helping young people, your student athletes, learn life lessons and grow and develop into, you know, strong men. We mentioned you winning Coach of the Year. Let's run through the other awards for Colgate. What a story Rapless Ivanowskis is. Goes from not sure about is he even playing this season, Coach, to Patriot League Men's Basketball Player of the Year. It's been a whirlwind year for Rapless for sure. I mean, you know, you talk to him, you go back a year ago and he probably couldn't even lift his shoulder up above his head still coming off that second shoulder surgery and you know, makes a decision late after in the spring that he's going to leave Northwestern and where is he going to go? And, um, you know, his family and some very influential people in his life were, you know, trying to figure out what was going to be the right move for him and where it was going to be. So we were fortunate enough to be involved in that process and thankful, you know, for his mother and father and Rapless's valuing academics, which made us a significant player in his choice. And, you know, it's not an easy thing to go jump into a team that, you know, is returning a, a bulk of its talent and coming off a, you know, record-breaking season like he did and kind of going to class every day and practice every day, not knowing if you're going to be able to play this season, waiting to hear from the NCA, And then, you know, he really hit the ground running, but he's continued to learn and grow and, you know, into our system and, and with his teammates. And I'm really happy for him because, you know, any guy that has – 
the difficulties that he did the first two years of college to be able to kind of find a new home and get settled down and be comfortable and, and play to your potential and, and be acknowledged with the season that he's had is a pretty fun thing to be a part of. Tucker Richardson named Patriot League Rookie of the Year, and I may be guilty of mentioning it too many times on the air during basketball broadcasts, but it just astonishes me. I can't get over it how well-rounded he is as a player for a freshman coach. He's mature beyond his years. I mean, when we recruited him out of 100 in Central, you know, before he went to Blair, I thought he would be a really good player for his all-around game. And, you know, he took that extra year of school at Blair and it helped him physically, I think. And he played against good competition and was away from home. And I think that probably helped him adjust to college life and college basketball pretty well. And, you know, he's got good size and he's just got a good basketball IQ. And he's been hard to take off the floor because he fits into you know, whoever else is out there with him, I think that's a testament to, you know, just a really good basketball player is a guy who can, you know, be out there on the floor. Sometimes he has to play make and, you know, he's had games of nine assists and sometimes he can just kind of be the fifth piece and be the glue guy and really work on the defensive end, which he's done a great job for us this season. Will Raymond continues to garner well-deserved accolades, second team All-Patriot League, and I'm sure you were very proud, Coach. He was also named to the All-Defensive team. In each of the last two seasons, you know, Will, statistically, as our team continues to get better, his stats may go down, but he's improved immeasurably. So I know he was honored last year in preseason, maybe first team. And, you know, he's a better basketball player now than he was last season and certainly in November even. That's just that, you know, because of rap and Jordan's growth, and and what our team is, you know, his statistics aren't quite as off the charts as they have been in the past. But, you know, he's a winning basketball player, and and that shows up, uh, I think, in the coaches acknowledging him and putting him on the all-defensive team. He just does whatever he can to help his team win, and we're really lucky to have him. And one thing that hasn't shown up on the stat sheet this year, the injuries that Jordan Burns has had to battle through, but what another remarkable season he has put forth, and that landed him on the second-team All-Patriot League squad. Certainly non-league. And early in the Patriot League season, I mean, his statistics were off the chart, and I think we were playing a lot through him, you know, for the analytical statistic juggernauts out there. I mean, his usage, that he had the ball for shots and assists or passes for scores or field goal attempts as much as anybody in the country. And then obviously we had to adjust when he went down with that ankle injury and being out for five games, I think ultimately probably helped our growth as a team because, you know, we had to get to moving the basketball around and getting it inside a little bit more and doing some different things. And then as he worked his way back, I mean, it's an injury that he's not going to be a hundred percent the rest of this season. You know, he's not able to practice all the time. He's working, you know, just as hard at rehabbing his ankle as he is at the time he spends on the court practicing and preparing for the game. So I give him a lot of credit for that. You know, some guys who probably would have just shut it down and said, you know, I'm not 100%. I'm not going to be. So, you know, let me just get myself right. You know, he's doing everything he can to help our team win or every little thing. And, you know, it's been a big part of our success. What's the mindset, Coach, going into the Patriot League tournament? And is it different than the regular season mindset? I think the only thing that's different, Eric, and it wasn't really for us because our guys wanted to be champions. And and they kind of knew every game coming down the stretch that if we didn't win, that wasn't going to be a possibility. But your chances to go to the NCAA tournament are over if you lose. So, you know, for us, the way the format of our conference tournament goes, it's kind of like a continuation of the regular season. We don't have to go on the road. So it's like when we had that three-game home stretch, we're going to be here. 
the only thing we can concentrate on is what we can control, and that's you know getting ready for Thursday's game right now. When we're uh, recording this, I don't even know who that opponent is going to be, so we got to worry about ourselves. And then once we find out, you know, who the opponent are going to be, we'll we'll start preparing for them and uh, just kind of go about it as business as normal. But you got to address. There's an excitement about the postseason, the conference tournament. This is getting down to tournament time. It's what all kids live for. So, you know, you don't address that, but you try and again continue to stay in the moment. Hopefully, you know, these last month and change of our season of trying to stay in the moment every single day will help us over the stretch. And you speak of staying in the moment, Coach, but it's human nature, so I'm sure at least the fans have thought about how great it would be for the Patriot League Tournament Final to be at Cotterell Court. Is it important to have the team not think about this and, like you said, just focus on the moment? Or even for the players, it's human nature, and that will creep into the mind, and it's impossible for them not to think about it. You just don't want it to be a distraction. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, and we talk about it. I mean, with the awards that our guys earned and the way we finished the season, you know, we've all been getting inundated with congratulatory messages and how great of a year and all those things, but we talk about how that's great, but you've got to compartmentalize and and when it's time to go to work and when it's time to concentrate, you can't let any of those things keep you from doing everything that we've been doing of trying to get better as a team every day and prepare for the next opportunity and be ready to take full advantage of it. So, you know, I think that we have enough veteran guys. The guys have, you know, last year's run to lose to Bucknell, and they know that playing at Bucknell in that championship game added some difficulty to the scenario. So I think they're happy to be home and know that as long as we play well, we don't have to go anywhere else. And certainly got to be focused on today's practice and, and the next thing that you can control. Coach, great stuff. Best of luck in the Patriots. League tournament. All right, take care. That is Coach Matt Lango for Colgate University men's basketball on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Let's stay on the topic of Colgate men's basketball and let's chat with the Patriot League men's basketball player of the year, Rapless Ivanowskis. Rapless, this award was just announced. What was your reaction when you heard the news? It was very overwhelming news. I felt so grateful to God to put me in this position that I'm in. I'm so grateful my family, my friends, and my teammates and coaches. It's it's not so much as what I did. It's just the accumulation of people around me that put me in the position that I'm in. I'm just so grateful. It wasn't even a sure thing you were going to be cleared to play this year. Now you're Patriot League Men's Basketball Player of the Year. Is it tough to wrap your head around? It's really a surreal feeling. I was so close to not playing because of my shoulder. I was so close to not playing. It really came down the last couple of hours on that on that day against NDIT where I almost didn't play this entire season. It's just such a contrast. I either wouldn't have played a third straight year or I had the year like I had this year. So it's definitely a feeling that I didn't expect. I didn't even believe, but people believed in me, and I really, really appreciated that. Congratulations also to Tucker Richardson, Jordan Burns, and Will Raymond for also being recognized by the league, but everyone that put on the Colgate uniform this season played an integral part in Colgate's first Patriot League regular season title since the mid-'90s. Don't you agree, Rapalus? It's 100% true. Without those guys and without everyone on the team, um, without the coaching staff, I wouldn't be put in the position I was in. Tucker stepped up in a, a really tough time when Jordan was certain he never played point guard early in his life, so I credit that to him. Jordan, he's just, he knows how to pass the ball, and he's just such a great, great teammate and great 
distributor and, and Will is just my guy. One of my best friends on the team and I couldn't do it without them. It's definitely not something that I can do by myself. I couldn't do it without those guys. Did you think before this eight-game win streak that capturing the regular season title was an attainable goal or was too far away so it wasn't even a thought, just the next game was the main focus at that point in time. I agree with you that, that the next game is in focus, but in my perspective, if you're not playing to win at all, what are you playing for, you know? I honestly think that we're such a talented and good group of guys that our goal should be that high. Like, our goal is now, like, before we even out in the season, we want to make that silly tournament. We want to do this for our seniors. We want to do this for our families and that goal hasn't changed. And if that weren't the goal, we wouldn't have had the, the win streak that we had. Is it kind of just human nature to think about how great it would be to host the Patriot League tournament title game? Or are you guys as a team trying to prevent yourself from thinking there and you're more thinking about, okay, to get there, we got to win Thursday, then we got to win Sunday. And the, I'm sure the fans are already thinking about the atmosphere that's going to be for the Patriot League tournament title game if you guys get there. So it's a human nature to kind of think ahead to that. Is that healthy, Rapolis, or is it more of a distraction? No, I think it definitely is human nature. It's hard not to think of playing in the championship game. It's hard not to think of playing in the NCAA tournament. It's human nature. We all have that kind of ambition, but I think uh, it takes human discipline to be able to just think about Thursday. I have to think about today's practice. I have to think about tomorrow's practice and what I need to do, how I need to prepare my team to be able to be ready to play that game on Thursday. So I think that's just the most important thing, just having that discipline within yourself to not get too high and not get too low in those kind of situations. Does a long win streak like this one, the eight games in a row, does that spill over? Does it bring with it a certain swagger or a certain confidence that helps going forward? Or each game is based on its own merit and it really doesn't matter if you have a long win streak or a losing streak going in? I would say that definitely helps us with our confidence knowing that we can be anyone because we're that talented and we're that well-coached. That's about the time when we figured out that how we can play, and it's just amazing to see how we can play. And that's what we're capable of winning in a row. The way I view postseason is we're zero and zero. The record we had, we earned a one seed, we earned a championship, and now we're zero and zero, just like every other team in the league. There's no more win streak. We're, we have a new thing to prove. We proved what we proved in the regular season. Now we have something new to prove that we're. We want to make it to the tournament. Is this the first postseason tournament you're going to actually participate in? And if so, what are you expecting? I've been a part of two postseason tournaments, just watching from the bench as I was injured. But um, it's the first one I'm actually experiencing and playing. Something really surreal. I'm so glad that we can do it at home. We don't have to travel anywhere. and We have such a great home record. and I'm really excited to, to be in front of our fans and be in front of our supporters and, and do it in front of home. So... I'm really looking forward to Thursday night. Being at Colgate, you were a true student athlete. So do you think that understanding of athletes in other sports is why there is such a great turnout at your games and an overwhelming enthusiasm is that they know exactly what you're going through and all the support that you guys can get is greatly appreciated? It's amazing to see the other sports teams come out. They come out for their games, they come out for ours, and, and knowing that we're working jobs, we're students, we're athletes, and uh, we've got a lot to do. It's amazing that they can find the time. We're so grateful for them, especially the football team, the volleyball team, the field hockey team. They really they really come out to most of our games, and they get rowdy, and, and we feed off it. So definitely very grateful for those teams, and also the people from in Hamilton um, that you know live here and have been Colgate fans and have been through seasons that 
maybe they were disappointed, and, and now they we're, we're really giving them something to cheer for. So we're really grateful for that. Watching you interact with the fans after your games and at women's basketball games, it seems like you have really embraced the community, and they have really embraced you. I've really been welcomed with open arms here. Something that I really needed, being away from home only the second time in my life. There's people that I know from either different churches or from different parts of the community, the people, different professors and stuff that come, come to our games, and I'm so grateful for that. And it's so amazing to see them there and support us. It's, it really is encouraging. I really feel so welcome here, and I really feel so blessed to be here. You referenced being away from home for the second time in your life. Do you still get homesick, or did you kind of get that out of your system when you spent the year at Brewster Academy in New Hampshire, out of your home state of Illinois, or it's still kind of relatively new rap, and you still get homesick from time to time? At this point, I'm, I'm used to not being at home, but I definitely get homesick. I'm definitely a mama's boy, and I miss my mom's cooking, and I miss her, and I miss my dad and my little brother, and I miss them a lot. Um, I definitely miss them a lot, and it's hard sometimes to be away from them, especially in these moments where we won the championship or the accolades that we won yesterday and hopefully the championship game. It's, it's hard for them not to be there and celebrate with me, but I know that they're so proud of me. I know that they're, they're supporting me, and I'm still so, so grateful for them. So, Seeing your level of play and your maturity, Rapless, I think it's taken for granted that this is your first full season of playing. You've had your first two seasons kind of wiped out through injuries. Saying that, Rapless, do you feel like a freshman since this is your first full season of playing? Or since you've been around the Division One game for the last couple of years, you don't feel that's the case? I definitely felt it more in the beginning of the year. There's only so much to film and, and watching people practice can do and running through emotions and practice can do. In the beginning, I just felt like the game was so fast and I had to slow myself down and keep telling myself to slow down. I really feel like it's slowed down for me and I feel much more confident in my ability. I mean, technically I do. This is my first year playing college basketball. I did really play at Northwestern and I still have three more years of eligibility left, so... You know, I could be a freshman. I don't know. <laughs> Public address announcers and radio and TV personnel, do they have Rapless Ivanowskis down pat, or have you heard it mispronounced more times than you can count? You know, the radio guys and TV guys, they usually do a pretty good job. It's it's usually my um, my professors that really butcher it. Like, Rapopolis, I don't know. It's really fun to hear it. Sometimes I'll just play off like that is my name, and my friends will get a good laugh out of it, but... Yeah, no, it's a tough name. Can't say thank you enough. Congratulations on being Patriot League Men's Basketball Player of the Year, and good luck in the Patriot League Tournament. Thank you so much, Eric, for having me. I really appreciate it. That is Men's Basketball Patriot League Player of the Year and star for the Colgate Men's Basketball Team, Rapalus Ivanowskis, on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. I'm very glad to be talking to Colgate women's head hockey coach Greg Fargo on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. And coach, the old adage, survive in advance, that's exactly what Colgate women's hockey did against Harvard this past weekend in the ECAC hockey tournament. Had to feel good, coach. Yeah, it feels good coming out of a really hard-fought weekend. You know, on the positive side, it was great. You know, we got to play an extra game, and every playoff game gets you more ready for the next one. So it was a good opportunity for us to keep gaining some experience and uh, to keep moving forward. So we're pretty pleased with the result and uh, excited for the opportunity ahead. Did that loss to Harvard put this team in an unfamiliar spot, or even though you might have won both games in your initial series last year, all the single elimination games that you guys had made your team comfortable with the must-win scenario. I think it did. It was the first time where really our backs have been up against the wall with this group that we have here. But 
you know, I give our leadership, our, our older players, our experienced players, a lot of credit. There was no sense of panic, you know, after the first game. I think the feeling genuinely was that we played okay, but we didn't play a playoff-style game in that first game against Harvard. But I also give Harvard a lot of credit. I mean, they're a really good, young team that's well-coached. And even though we came out on top in the first two games of the year against them, we knew it was going to be a tough challenge to win the next two. And so give them a lot of credit. They played extremely well on Friday. We had another level to get to, I think, was more of the feeling after Friday's game. And give our upperclassmen a lot of credit. You know, there was no panic, and, and we were just able to, to dig in a little bit more. And, and we got a lot of great efforts all through the lineup. I mean, our freshmen really stepped up. They had three goals in Saturday's game, and then Ellery McKay scoring three of her own as a freshman on Sunday. So, you know, big efforts all through the lineup. We were pleased with the outcome in the end. Pleasant surprise from Ellery McKay, who was named ECAC Rookie of the Week with the season on the line, providing a hat trick, or you weren't really that surprised? Ellery, you know, and all of our freshmen, I think they found different times this year to, to contribute offensively. I mean, their line has been playing exceptionally well since Christmas. There's been a lot of days where, as a staff, we look at it, you know, we feel like their line was our best line after any given day, but maybe it didn't result in some scoring. So, you know, it was great. I think Ellery had four goals on the weekend on her own. Nice to see her get rewarded for some of the great work she's been doing. The improvement from her over the course of the year has been tremendous. I mean, we've seen someone that uh, came in a little timid and unsure of you know where she fit in the fold with us, but uh, really emerged to be a really impactful player, even as a first-year player. So really pleased with her development over the course of the year. So many great performances this past weekend to help Colgate eliminate Harvard. But what a weekend as well for Olivia Zafuto, senior defense, all-time leading scorer for defensemen here at Colgate University, now also a member of the 100-point club, Coach. Yeah, she's been tremendous. I mean, offensively, she's as good as any defenseman in our league and probably in the country. Another person who over the four years really grown up and her game has emerged and developed over that time. And, you know, she's having the best year she's ever had and, I think it's a tribute to just who she is as a person and, you know, her desire and love for the game. And she works at getting better all the time and just great to see. You know, there's certain players that, you know, playoffs are going to bring out their best. And she's one of them. She seems to really thrive in the most important games of the year. And, and so it was no surprise that she played as well as she did this past weekend. How important was that quick start in the decisive game three against Harvard, especially at home? When you get those early goals, it really gets the crowd into it as well. Yeah, it was great. We had a great crowd all weekend, and, you know, their goalie was was pretty stingy, you know, at least the first half of the series. It was easy to get frustrated by, you know, some of the great saves she made. You know, Lindsey Reed, as a freshman, has been a tremendous uh, addition to their lineup, and it was easy for us to get occupied and thinking about the saves she was making. But, you know, to come out and get that first one, you know, was huge. You know, it was one of those ones that kind of, it was a screenshot. It wasn't, you know, by design, but one of those pucks you just throw on net that goes in and takes a lot of the pressure off and certainly gets the crowd into it. Really felt like we were able to just keep rolling from that point. And, you know, we didn't want to look back. We we got up with a lead. I think, you know, at 3-1, we were feeling good, but... uh 
you know, the challenge in going into the second, I think, was just to just to reset and, and kind of flush the first period. And we, we were able to do that really well and stay focused at, uh, you know, the task at hand. So give our team a lot of credit for sticking with it and not stopping to play, regardless of what the score read on the scoreboard. Talking to Colgate University women's hockey head coach Greg Fargo. The score for Game 2 was 4-2 Colgate. The score for Game 3, 5-2. So similar scores, Coach. Were they similar games or not really? Not really. You know, in the, in the second game there, in Game 2, it really never felt like the game was in our control until the final buzzer went. I mean, you know, Harvard's such a dangerous team. You feel like, you know, if you turn the puck over at the wrong time, they make you pay. I mean, they scored a lot of goals off the rush on us. And, you know, for us, I think a big part of it was just, you know, continuing to manage the puck and, and make smart decisions with it as the game wore on. And, you know, we were able to hold on, which was great. And then, you know, Sunday's game, a little different. You know, we're up 3-1 heading into the second and feeling good about our game. And, again, it was 3-1 going into the third. So, But our team played with a lot of poise. After we scored the fourth one, we were able to really uh, just settle in and kind of kill the clock a little bit and just try and keep them out of our end. They were able to get one there late. You know, when we needed it, the best part was our goaltender, Julia, was there to to back us up and, you know, coming off uh, a night where, you know, she got pulled on Friday night and uh, I give her a lot of credit to be able to rebound from that, you know, just refocus and and she had two really strong games to finish out the series, which was great. Senior forward Jesse Eldridge named the ECAC Hockey Player of the Month for February. What's the one aspect of her game that you're most proud of her and her senior season, whether it be on the ice, off the ice? What's the thing you're most proud of her this senior season? Well, that's a tough question, Eric. Jessie's a unique individual. She's extremely special. It's hard to really sum it up what she's meant to our program and the impact that she's had. You know, when I look back at her four years, I mean, growth is a word that, that comes to mind. I mean, there's a kid that really committed herself, especially after her second year here. I think we've seen a completely different trajectory for her growth and development in our program. I mean, she's emerged as one of the top players in the country. She's an exceptional person of character. She's a great leader and mentor for our younger players, but she's the type of player that can just change a game. And I thought we saw that on Sunday. She scored a goal in front of the net, which was great. But then with a, you know, less than a minute to go in the first period, you know, she has these moments where, you know, her speed and strength can kind of separate her from other players. And that's what we saw you know, on her second goal on Sunday, she was tracking back, picked the pocket of somebody, grabbed the puck, and just beat everyone. Saw a, uh, a sliver of net and was able to put it in, and just essentially that goal changed the game and, and may have changed the course of the whole series. So can't say enough about her character. She knows what she needs to do on any given night, and she's that spark that we need most nights. Are there any tweaks that can be made to the Clarkson game plan, or you're so familiar with your opponent that it simply comes down to execution? I think a lot of it's going to depend on what they do, and I like our game plan against Clarkson. I think it's a good matchup for us. I feel like it has been a good matchup for a while, and I think we're prepared for them. You know, it's going to come down to to special teams and and who can execute with the the man advantage, and goaltending is always a big factor. And I think you've got two of the the premier goalies going head-to-head on Saturday in, in Solvay and Van Dyke, and as cliche as it is at this time of the year you really need your your best players to be your best players and we like the game plan but if our best players emerge I think we're going to be just fine. Now I know your players are 100% focused on the Clarkson game but as a coaching staff the championship game is Sunday if you guys get there so does that mean the coaches are already assembling a game plan for Cornell and Princeton? Yeah we are I mean uh, again 
those are two opponents that we're familiar with, so it's not like we're going in blind here by any means. But, you know, we're, we're making preparations to, to play all three teams this weekend, and uh, it is a quick turnaround. I mean, we play at 4 o'clock on Saturday with the championship game being the next day at 2. So we want to make sure that regardless of what the weekend has in store for us that we're prepared as coaches and we can help just clean up that message and make sure that our team is uh is focused and prepared on what they need to be uh dialed into so uh you know it's a great opportunity for us i think regardless of what the weekend holds we feel good about our game most importantly and we've got a great opportunity to you know to win an ecac championship you know grab a hold of this moment that's in front of us so looking forward to it and i think we've got a motivated group that wants it as bad as anybody coach i always enjoy our conversations thank you so much best of luck saturday against clarkson Thanks a lot, Eric. Great talking to you. That is Colgate women's head hockey coach Greg Fargo on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. You have it tuned to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski and talking to one of the star student athletes at Colgate University, Marina Riley. And Marina, first of all, you did very well at the ECAC IC4A championships at Boston University with an impressive leap of 11.26 meters in the triple jump. What was that experience like, Marina? Yeah, you know, it was a really cool experience because ECAC championships happens after the Patriot League championships, which is actually like my favorite meet. But coming on to ECACs, it's a bunch of different schools we don't typically compete against. So we're like competing against like University of Delaware, Rutgers, schools in that range. And it's really cool to kind of just get on the stage with the big dogs and put my best out there. Now, is it all competition or is there some downtime where you get to meet some different student athletes at universities that you guys usually don't compete against? There's a little bit of downtime. I mean, given the meet is a two-day event, there's a lot of downtime kind of between events where you can kind of mingle with people. You spend most of the time with your team cheering each other on, but there definitely is time like warming up for events. Usually there's a bit of small talk between athletes, which is pretty cool, kind of like in the mood. What was the class of 32 invite like? You had an individual win and a relay victory, but it has to feel extra special to have that success at your home track at Sanford Fieldhouse. Yeah, the homie is always a lot of fun. We have all the Colby track alumni come back to that meet, so it's kind of great to see your old teammates again and everyone's cheering. The Fieldhouse is pretty small, so the atmosphere is really great there. Everyone's cheering. It was really great to kind of see our team come together. We had a lot of great performances in that meet, and it was great for everyone to be watching. It's also senior night for everyone, so it's kind of cool. We have posters kind of like acknowledging all of the seniors so it's really cool to see kind of the whole team come together for that meet who puts those posters together marina all of the underclassmen juniors sophomores freshmen everyone worked together to produce them so they all came out really great everyone had jokes on them super colorful so i think all the seniors really appreciated that work hard to believe that you're a senior oh yes <laughs> for sure i know head coach amber williams does a fantastic job but what coaches do you work with as far as your events are concerned in regards to the triple jump i work with the head coach um coach williams and then I also do my sprint events in which my primary coach for sprints is Coach Scale. I know Amber's brought a lot of enthusiasm to the program. What's it like being a student athlete under Coach Williams? Yeah, it's a really exciting time. I mean, she came in when I was a first year, so we've kind of gone through the whole process together. So it's kind of nice. Like, we kind of joke about it. Like, you've been here as long as I've been here. And that's kind of makes practice fun and everything. Um, she definitely put a lot of effort into creating the program and launching it forward. And yeah, she's done a great job. What's next up for you? It's time for the outside season? Yes, outdoors is just around the corner. What do you prefer, outside or inside, and why? You know, I actually have this debate a lot in my head. 
I'd say it usually depends on how I'm performing. I do like the indoor track because there's no weather component, so it makes it easier to get warmed up. I'm known for wearing way too many layers when I warm up. So when I go outside, that's not as effective as it is indoors. But the outdoor track is also a cool atmosphere. It's bigger, and I don't know, it's kind of fun to be in the sun. (laughs) But I'd say my favorite season is typically indoors. Other than the warming up factor, does the outdoor track season affect you any other way? Yeah, I think definitely if it's raining or if it's really windy, that adds a whole other factor to jumping and I think also running events. I try to ignore the weather component and just always think that it's 75 and sunny. Um, It's kind of a law I've been living by since I was in high school that if you don't care about the weather, your performance won't be messed up. So I try to just ignore the weather component. We've definitely competed in some interesting elements, and I just try not to let it affect my performance. How do you prepare for the triple jump event, and what are the keys to having success in this event? Yeah, so the triple jump is simply a hop, a skip, and a jump. Kind of preparing for it, I go through practice multiple times a week, working on like nitpicking technique. Uh, Coach Williams will videotape me doing a jump or a small jump, and we'll kind of go through that video and what I can fix, whether it be an angle, whether it be I'm jumping too high or too big off my first phase and everything. So we're basically nitpicking at this stage. And then in regards to like preparing for me, for me, it's more of a mental game than a physical game, because right now it's kind of just like my body remembers how to triple jump. It's more where my head is. So trying to like calm my nerves, warming up, getting geared up, getting excited and getting into the mode that like I have to go get after it now and run down the runway, hit the jump. I land into the sand. Good, my good jumps usually don't hurt, so that's another key factor. <laughs> what attracted you to this event? It kind of like happened upon me randomly. Um, in high school, my high school coach had us, everyone who joined the team um, would try every single event, and he kind of picked and chose the event that worked best for you. And for me, uh, triple jump ended up being one of those events. I like didn't know about triple jump beforehand. It wasn't something I was gunning after to try to perform in, but... I guess I was good at jumping, so my coach just threw me in, and here I am. (laughs) How different is the triple jump compared to the long jump, which you also have had success in? Yeah, you know, I mean, they're both horizontal jumps, so they have that in common, but it's definitely a different attack method. The triple jump, I typically run slower down the runway, so I have more control since I'll have to hit three phases and not completely stumble out of them. And the long jump is more so like a full-out sprint, give it all you got, and try to hit a penultimate step at the end to get the most height out of your jump and to have your momentum carry you forward. And talk about the relay events you're involved with. Honestly, the relay events are so fun. I really like the team component of them. Like it's a lot more fun to get all excited for an event when you're competing it with others and you're trying to hit like a team time. For the relay events, I think it's really important to have kind of like trust your teammates. Um, You got to trust them, especially in the four by one to hand you the baton and get it in the zone. That's crucial to succeeding in the event. Um, And that, of course, comes with a lot of practice and a lot of timing and understanding how your teammates run, whether they take off really quickly, whether they start off slow, so that you can get that perfect timing. How did Riverdale Regional High School prepare you for life at Colgate University, not only in your track and field endeavors, but also in the classroom? Yeah, um, Riverdale, did I think, did a tremendous job on the track. My coaches were really motivating, definitely prepared me well to attack uh, the sport at a college level. Also, they were the ones who influenced me and put the idea in my head that I would be able to compete at a college level, which I think is great, and I appreciate their effort. Um, they definitely, like, 
the things that they taught me in high school, definitely I still use today in my college experience. And then in regards to classrooms, the teachers at my high school did a really great job at preparing me, especially through time management and handling that, um, especially being a student athlete, time management, I think is crucial to your success at college. And yeah, I took a couple AP classes that geared me up for the academic rigor here at Colgate. It definitely wasn't a particularly smooth transition, but once I got down my time management, I found it easy to balance both academics and athletics, and Riverdale taught me that. And I also see that you lettered in field hockey at Riverdale. Now, was that just to stay in shape for track and field, or were you really serious into this sport as well? It's such a fun sport. I do love it. I kind of miss it sometimes. I really like the team aspect of that sport, how you're kind of just always working off one another. That sport I kind of came upon randomly. My freshman year in high school, I just joined it, um, having never played it before, and kind of picked it up pretty quickly and ended up being not awful at it, which was really great. It's not something I did just to stay in shape. It was something I did for fun and enjoyed, but I'd say track was more of my main sport. What is mathematical economics, and why do you like it, Marina? Yeah, mathematical economics is basically the economics major here at Colgate with a couple of math classes tacked on. I like the quantitative side of economics more so than the theoretical side, so that's why I kind of went for the mathematical economics major. And it's been both challenging and extremely interesting. The professors here have been super helpful in my success, and I've learned a lot of interesting things that I think I could apply to the real world. And as far as the real world is concerned, I know you're focused on the outdoor season and finishing strong academically, but have you given thought to what you're going to do after Colgate University? Yeah, I actually have. Um, This past summer, I had an internship with TIAA, um, in investment risk, and I received a full-time offer to return once I graduate in their enterprise risk management rotational program, and I'm pretty excited for that. Why did you decide on coming to Colgate University four years ago? I see your mom's an alum. Did she have a heavy influence in your decision, or uh, was it just a coincidence? No, well, she definitely put Colgate on my list, but she definitely tried to not have that big of an influence on my college decision. She wanted me to make it by myself. So, of course, i come to Colgate for past reunions and I've definitely seen it before and she loved her experience here so I only heard good things about it so definitely was on my list I actually am like one of the most indecisive people ever so to come to Colgate I actually flipped a coin um, and landed on tails and on April 28th and here I am so it's kind of a funny um, story but I'm happy to be here and I've had a tremendous experience do you ever think about the fact if it landed on heads occasionally but it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, every, you can go back your entire life. Like, what if I did this? What if I did that? And I feel like I try to make the best of things in my life. So I feel like either way, I would have been happy. I know Colgate's very glad that it landed on tails. Marina, great <laughs> stuff. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course, Eric. Thank you. That is Marina Riley of the Colgate University track and field team on the Colgate Raider Report podcast.